us, Pastor Jason Blakey, Kelly O'Mara, thank you for joining us. Um, we've just been laughing because literally every time we get together, we are like, okay, we're not going to do the same thing. We're not going to repeat the same mistake every week where we just start talking before we actually start the podcast and have some great conversations before we actually record it. But we did it. We did it anyway. We did it again. <laughs> uh, oops, oops, oops. It's so, all good. So now we're going, and we're going to start talking about some of these things. Right, right. We're just going to start again. So how's, it, how's your week been? Good. I actually had the week off. So I, I spent the entire week, put my cell phone away, hung out with the kids. I've got uh, my youngest, uh, who's my son, Elijah. He, he, like, he can take everyone's energy in the entire family. It basically starts at one person and sucks it all away and then goes to the next one and then drains all theirs too because he's got so much energy. He just doesn't stop. Yep. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But so my vacation was basically uh, hanging out with Elijah or with the rest of my kids as need be. Nice. That's yeah. an Omera thing. We are ridiculously energetic to the point where we just wear ourselves right out. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I have an aunt. We have to take in turns. You know, she's, she's, I think she's 80 now, but. Um, back when, you know, we would take family trips and stuff. I mean, we would literally have to say, okay, we're going back for a nap. So-and-so, you take Nancy and you go for a while. And then when you come back, we will have rested and we'll go for a while. My dad has it to a lesser degree. I have it probably about in between my aunt and my dad, <laughs> somewhere in there. It's, it's kind of an Omera thing. So I understand, Elijah. Wow. Yeah, I'm at like the opposite end of the energy pool. <laughs> like, I... I'm done at the end of the day. I don't want to do too much, but Elijah's there, so I know when I'm done, I have to put on my dad hat, and I'm fully engaged with my son, and, and then make sure I take time for my two daughters as well, because they both need the time as well. Elijah could easily right. eat up all my time, Right. but yeah. Yeah, you have to be very, very specific with your time, and you know, even, even people, you know, I, th I think that's kind of a rule of thumb for everybody. You know, you really do have to think, okay, what am I going to do with my time? Because I know for me, if I'm not paying attention, all of a sudden it's been seven hours and I've been doing who knows what. You know, you, you have to think about what you're doing with your time anyway. Exactly. I mean, if you start binge watching a show, we got, we got onto a show on Netflix. Um, it was some sort of dance competition where they were all monsters. And um, next thing you know, six hours later, and it was my whole entire family. Elijah was actually there with us. <laughs> He liked it, but we were all of a sudden, six hours later, we're like, oh, we're at the finale. <laughs> How did that happen? Yeah, yeah no, I, I get that, especially, you know, my kiddo's off to college, and so I'll find, like, on the rare weekend when I don't have anything going on, that I do suddenly find I've been wa binge-watched something, you know, I don't recommend this show necessarily, but I've been watching Night Court, I think, because the new one came out, so I was like, well, I want to go back and watch the old one, mm. and... Um, those are only 20 minutes, so before you know it, you're like eight, eight or nine hours in. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't do it much, but I have been doing it lately. That's funny. Yeah. Well, we need those rests for our brains sometimes, too. We do. Yeah. So, well, how's, how was your week? Uh, my, my week was, was pretty good. It was busy. It's always busy. We had a bird flying around the studio for a little bit. Yep. My reporters named him, uh, oh, what'd they call him? Beekman. I'm trying to think of what they called his first name. I can't remember his first name, but they called him our aviarian or avian avian. The eyes reporter. in the sky. Yeah, <laughs> that's yep. great. They had like a, a sign <laughs> on the door, and the bird was just taking laps around the studio. And poor our poor weather guy. Uh, the first night the bird was in the studio, did get a direct hit on his jacket. Oh no! Um, right before the right before we went live, so he he cleaned it up. I did feel bad. I told him it was good luck. 
as you do to try to make things better when somebody gets a direct hit from a bird. Just before going live on TV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. <laughs> it was it was fun. It was fun, but we did get the bird out of the studio and flying on the second floor. We could not get the bird to go out, but we haven't seen the bird, so I'm hoping that the bird found the same hole that he came in and we're trying to plug up any holes because this happens about once or twice a year. Yeah, well, birds are better than bats, so at least... Yeah, I, I actually have no problem with bats. I mean, they're mostly night, right? Night people? Oh, yeah, they are. They only come out at night. Right. But well, we're gone. It's more of the hair. Well, the night crew's there, but... Yeah, more of the hair stuff flying and getting caught in your hair. When we were prepar preparing Hub Coffee, we were in a meeting on the second floor um, just because we wanted to hold the board meeting in the, in the renovation. But um, a bat had gotten in, and... Um, yeah, it was. It attacked everyone. It just not like not actually attacked with with claws and stuff, but right. like I got hit in the face once because bats don't see; they just fly with sound. And when I they thought panic, that echolocation thing. Oh, they were panicking. It's great, but when a bat's panicking, it just goes everywhere. And so, like there was, it was nonstop. Luckily, Dave Rowe, our manager, I think he caught it in a blanket somehow, but like it was <laughs> bouncing thing. off people. The girls were all covering their hairs trying to like <laughs> stop it because it gets when bats get caught in long hair, it becomes a disaster i'm sure it's it not, becomes a big mess great, but yeah yeah that happened oh. <laughs> but we got it we let it go it, that's it was, good yeah, that's good we, we tried we spent i think we spent two hours we called all the way to like i think we called pennsylvania trying to find somebody who could give us tips on how to get this bird out of the station and i mean eventually we had a newscast coming up so we had to we had to change focus but we're hoping that the bird got out i'm believing that the bird got out yeah nice I'm, I'm believing a happy ending for yeah. the bird. Someone's got a gift mix somewhere that they can catch a bird and get it out there. But Yes, and we've discovered it's not us. Yes. <laughs> We're not we the ones who have person. that. <laughs> yeah, so that added a little spice to our Friday. That sounds like a lot of fun. A little excitement there. It was, yeah. 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 Uh, we had a big net. The bird flew at someone's face at one point. My weather guy came down the stairs laughing so hard I thought he was going to fall over. So, yeah, it was it was entertaining, to say the least. That's good. You all need a good laugh in the middle of all the work days. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, we're, I mean, thinking about that, there are people that are designed for gifts in bird stuff. So that's a good segue into giftings. And uh, we were talking about the Holy Spirit um, recently. And one of the things... We were talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and that's often like a taboo topic. Mm -hmm. People either love it or they hate it, or they just don't want to talk about it because it's polarizing in some ways. Well, and I think some of that just boils down to a misunderstanding. You know, I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard, well, if you don't have this gift, then you're not really saved. Or, you know, I mean, tongues is a good example of that. That's right, and that's why it's so polarizing. Is Some people prioritize gifts or some gifts over others, mm -hmm. right? And some people uh, try to shoo them out of the way because they've been hurt by gifts in the past, or at least a misuse of a gift uh, in the past. Oh, sure. And so when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, it's often a, a very uh, edgy topic. I, you have to, I have to tiptoe around. I teach the membership classes here, um, and one of the topics we do talk about is this, the gift of the Spirit. Every time, I never know what I'm walking into. Right. Because there's such a variety of people that are either all in, they think, like, the gifts are the best and uh, almost try to, like, get to the point of abusing it. Mm -hmm. Or they just don't want to talk about it because they've been hurt so much. So, so, like, both sides I see so often. Sure. I mean, I 
in my own experience, um, had someone look at me and say, well, I don't believe that anyone is saved unless they speak in tongues. And they said this to me, and I looked at them, I said, well, I don't believe that because I don't speak in tongues. But it was this implication, like, you know, the, the look I got was, oh, well, <laughs> it's a bummer for you, you know, <laughs> like, unfortunate that you don't speak in tongues. But that's not a gifting that I was ever given, and it, I, I've never really understood how we get to the point of saying, well, if you, you know, to say that to someone, because there's literal verses in the Bible that say, if you have the gift of tongues, great. If you don't, that's fine too. I mean, it, it's funny how we can get that idea in our mind to the point where we would say to someone, your salvation rests on whether or not you can speak in tongues, because honestly, that's not a gift that I possess. So I'm thankful it's not a prerequisite to get into heaven because I wouldn't be going. That's right. Even Paul uh, he'll, he'll talk about different gifts and things like that. But at the end of the day, he says, you know what, though? I would trade them all for love. Like, why? The gift of the Spirit is not the most important thing. Um, in fact, the Wesleyan Church, the way that we, we word it, is that um, we do believe in, in the gifts of the Spirit. And in fact, you can go to the list in uh, First Corinthians chapter 12, and you can kind of read through there. I think it's 8 to 12, um, verses 8 to 12. And then you can go to Ephesians and look at the Apest the apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, shepherd uh, type of mix. And you can see all those different giftings, and um, we believe in them all. Like, we, I honestly, we acknowledge them all. They are all real. And whether you're talking about a gift of knowledge, which is like knowing something that you can only know because God's given you that, or uh, words of wisdom, whether it's speaking in tongues or unknown languages sometimes, but like that, other times um, tongues can be, uh, a prayer language that's between you and God, like there's there's things like that, um, propheticness. There's there's so many different gifts, and those are just the Corinthians and Ephesians one. There's other gifts that you also see throughout the New Testament, Old Testament as well that God has given people. Um, when you put them all together, it's it's not about the gifts. It's about the giver of the gifts and the purpose of what they're used for. And so we can look at all these things and go, oh man, these are amazing, and I like that one over this one, or this one's more important. But at the end of the day, none of them are as important as the giver of the gifts himself, which is what the Wesleyan Church really tries to emphasize, saying it's not about the gifts as much as it's about the Holy Spirit, who is the giver of the gifts. So don't chase after an individual gift. Chase after the Holy Spirit, and he will give the gifts according to, and this is what Corinthians says, he'll give the gifts according to his own will and need for that time. And you may at some point have a gift of tongues. When I was in Thailand, I, I was fluent, fluent in Thai within six months, like, which is crazy. It's not, not really heard of. Right. Um, but when we went to Croatia, Christine had a gift of language. She picked it up so much faster than I did. And I'm kind of like, well, God, you gave me this gift back then, but why is, does Christine have it now? <laughs> Can I have it back? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I liked it then. <laughs> right. I'm going to need a second anointing with that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think there's different times for different people and different places in your life that you get different giftings. Um, and part of the other thing is learning how to be mature in it. So, like, if I ask giftings, I mean, musically, Kelly, you have an amazing voice, right? <laughs> yes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you do. I, I, I try. You I do. try. Yeah, God has gifted me. He's been very kind. Yeah, and I'm sorry I put you that. Pride. <laughs> right, you, right, You have to you? say yes or, like, and look really prideful. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh, I don't know, Jason, I'm panicking. <laughs> I'm like, 
music. <laughs> <laughs> what do I say at this moment? Right. No, but like, so musically, God has gifted you uh, musically. He hasn't gifted everyone in that same way. Uh, I mean, I had someone sing happy birthday. It's my birthday today. And I had someone yeah. sing happy birthday to me. He's completely toned up. Like, he couldn't sing a single note, not even for happy birthday, right? Right. Um, and that's just not their gifting. They're going to have giftings in other things. And that's completely fine. I still thought it was awesome that they were singing happy birthday to me, whatever off-key notes they were singing. Right. But um, and that's the same. You'll see leaders or different things like that. And right. So, you have a gift of teaching, I would say. Um, you know, and what's nice is when you put them all together, like you said, they work to further the kingdom. I mean, we're not just given gifts because God's like, oh, I bet you'll enjoy music. I mean, he's used me a lot of different ways through my music to, you know, be on part of the worship team, which has been really great. Um, for a while, I was traveling around to different churches. Churches would just invite me, and I would go sing in the church and have an opportunity to kind of share, and through singing, I was able to kind of encourage people a little bit. Um, so, you know, he takes those gifts that we have, and when we are willing to let him use us with the gifts that we have, he can do some really cool things. That's right. And that's kind of like, so music might be something that God has kind of blessed you with. Now, while you're singing, there's probably times that, that you're singing, and all of a sudden you feel like, man, I've got to sing this again. Or like, I feel like this is a time to repeat this chorus. And, and that's literally the Holy Spirit using the gift of knowledge giving to you some sort of knowledge that someone in the congregation needs to have this repeated, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And that's the way the Spirit works. Right, just kind of a small prompting. One song that I um, used to sing when I would go around, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. I can think of how it goes when I'm having a hard time with the name. Um, but I looked and looked and looked for the music to it so that I could sing it as part of the concerts that I was doing. And I couldn't find it. I could not find that music, and I played flute in high school, which not super helpful when you're like a singer, mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's not like I can play the flute and sing at the same time, although maybe I should learn that, and I could probably be really rich if I learned how to do that. That would be a good talent. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> um, but I, I wasn't able to find the music, and I can't really, I mean, I can play one-handed on the piano, but that's about it. But I felt God saying, you know, why do you need the music? And I was like... <laughs> because <laughs> I'm going to go sing this. But I really felt the Holy Spirit say, if you're in a moment of stress or you're in a moment where you just need to call out to the Lord, you know, one of the ways that I typically will do that is through song because for me that just connects with me the best. Not to say that I don't just full out cry out to God from time to time. I do. Um, but one of the ways that I do it the best is through music because it just, it just resonates with me better. He was like, do you need to go and find music in order to just sing to me? And I realized that you don't. In that moment, you can just open your mouth and sing, right? And so that was something that when I would go out, I would share moments before I sang a cappella, which was terrifying. But it was just a good reminder that we don't always, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to have the perfect music behind it. Sometimes you can just sing. Mm. And I found that that was always a song that really brought people, um, brought people in, brought the Holy Spirit. You really could feel him on that song. And it wasn't because I was this incredible singer that was just bringing down the house, but it was because it was raw and it was real and it was, if I'm in a moment of just sheer I need God, I can just open my mouth and I don't have to go find anything. 
And so, yeah, the Holy Spirit takes what we're willing to give and he can use it just like that, just to say, you know, and I have no idea if that helped anybody at the time, but it did help me to remember that I don't have to have everything perfect. I don't have to have all the music. I don't have to have all the answers. I just have to open my mouth and trust God. Yeah. yeah. And there's times that that takes effort. Like <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a muscle memory in trusting God almost. And the more you do it, the easier it is. But that, I think it works with the gifts in the same way. Like when, when you start practicing a gift you're not going to be great at it. It's not like, like when I go to play basketball, I'm not all of a sudden an NBA star, right? I, I mean, it would be great. I would love it. It'd be amazing. I, but it just doesn't work for some reason. Right. And uh, the gifts are the same way. Like, we, I think part of the problem is we have people that are actually gifted and, and God has given them a gift and the Holy Spirit has granted them this and they're, and they're, they're figuring it out, but they're messing up. And so it's giving gifts a bad name, but rather than encouraging and helping them, we instead end up pushing, this, pushing them down and pushing the gift aside, saying, no, this is a dangerous one. Um, Alan Hurst wrote the book about APEST, um, and uh, I was at a place in Orlando just listening to him once, and, and he, he actually was talking about this concept, and it was really the first time I've ever thought about it, that there are so many people out there that just don't know how to work in a gift because people are so afraid to engage with it. And, and so no one's walking around saying, you know what, I've actually done this word of knowledge thing quite a bit, and so I would love to walk alongside you and help you out. Um, and so, like, I remember being on an airplane once, and this young lady came up to me, and I remember she said something to me about that. She's like, I really feel like God's telling me to tell you, and she told me something. And I didn't want to discourage her. Uh, I mean, it didn't make any sense to me at all, and I was just kind of like, well, she's trying to be obedient. So I just looked at her. I was like, thank you very much, <laughs> and kept going. I don't, she didn't even know I was a Christian, so obviously, like, somehow she felt like this was a, a good thing to do. But um, it, was, it was interesting. I, and I, part of that could be she was just, figuring this out. She's learning that muscle memory. She's trying to figure out how do I give this word out. Um, but then you get dangerous. Like there was a person, um, Bud has talked about this openly, but when his wife Kathy was passing away, someone walked in and said, it's because of your lack of faith, she's dying. And they felt like that's the word they should pass on. And honestly, that that's not accurate at all. There's no biblical background for that. And nor was it appropriate um, usually when you have words of knowledge, just to give you a heads up, you can tell whether or not they're accurate by, first of all, does it make sense? Does the Bible even reflect that? And is this something that is just true? And if, if one of those things is not accurate, then it's obviously not. But the other thing you can do is ask the person um, or say to them, you know, if this doesn't land, then it might be just me. But if it does, then take it from the Word of God. And so, because a lot of the times we hear these things, we're just not sure. And so, we have to be very careful with how to deal with that. But, you know, to help, help, if someone walked along that person and said, you know what, you probably should have watched uh, and, and really assessed that a little bit more discerned before you spoke that. Oh, yeah, you have to be so careful because that's where the hurt comes from. You know, that's where 
people say, well, I don't want anything to do with that, you know. Um, I know I, I adopted my daughter when she was 12, and I had someone approach me and say, it's not too late to get out, you can leave right now, the weekend before the adoption. That was very harmful to me. It was a person in the church, it was a person that I thought I could trust, um, but to me it said, well, that person is not listening to God because I know that this is something God called me to do. It is so dangerous because you get into a place where it's people that, you know, well, this person goes to church, they must know what they're talking about. That's where it's dangerous. You know, it's important to check your own heart once someone has spoken something into your life. Like, I'm sure Pastor Bud went, gosh, that doesn't sound like the God that I, you know, that I serve. He really wouldn't do that. Um, for me, it was, no, you know, I know what God called me to do, and I'm going to do it. You know, and I've, I've heard, I think it was Joyce Meyer, like years and years and years ago that I heard her say that somebody came up and said, you know, God told me to tell you that he doesn't like the way you dress or something. And I think her response was, well, he didn't tell me that. You know, so it's, it's checking that in your heart, too. Once you've heard it, okay, you know, I need to check my heart to see if there's some truth to it. Is there something that I should learn from it? Or is it something that I need to not take on because sometimes that can just really throw off you know just even how you're feeling about situations and it is dangerous that's right it often would ring true to yourself in those moments yeah and and that's just confirmation uh, that's the way that it that it works but who's walking around helping these people grow and who's been walking around being experienced in it and that's kind of where as i look at the gifts um and anything whether you look at the apests, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, teachers, shepherds, or you're looking at the entire list of the Corinthians ones, the word of knowledge, the um, words of wisdom, that might be the same one. But there's a, the, the list that's there, you, you've got to really take a look at it, and even tongues. Um, there's so much debate about what even is tongues, and how is it used, and um, is it a prayer heavenly language, or is it uh, a different language altogether? Is it both and? It, how, does it, how does it operate in church? And, and so, um, like I know even as a Wesleyan church, we're redefining it more clearly, uh, just the word tongues, because that one itself is, as you mentioned, probably one of the most divisive ones. Right, right, because people literally say, unless you can do it, you're not going to be going to heaven. Um, and... I was listening to a Bible study this morning, actually, that was talking about tongues, and, and Paul was talking about it, and he actually says that he does speak in, you know, he did speak in, not does, did speak in tongues, um, which honestly, I don't think I had ever connected until this morning when she said, you know, he flat out says that he did it all the time, but he also puts parameters around it, you know, it'll be, I think, two, maybe three, there'll be someone who can interpret, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it, and it, it could be just learning a language quickly or there's someone in the room that doesn't speak the same language and so suddenly you can speak in their language or you know those different types of tongues it doesn't have to be just random words coming out of your mouth that's right i've had it happen both ways where i've walked into a group of people and spoken something that i didn't know what it was uh, but except i knew what i was saying it just they heard it in their own language uh, kind of like the whole idea when Peter um, and the disciples first got the Holy Spirit, they walked out and started speaking and everyone heard it in their own language. That's uh, one form of tongues, right? But there's someone there to learn it, interpret it, and understand 
right. that it's for them. There's always the interpreter. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether or not it's for the person that that heard it or not. And again, I was speaking, in my understanding, English. <laughs> they heard it in their own language. <laughs> right. Which is so fast. I mean, it is fascinating. It's probably one of the most fascinating ones, but also the most easiest to you know, twist if you're not careful. That's right. And that's that's the thing. Any anything given by God can be abused and used for your own purpose and glory. Um, but the purpose that we're given them isn't for our own purpose and glory, it's to glorify God himself. Right. And there's really no, like you said, oftentimes we kind of rank them as, gosh, I wish I had this gift or this gift or this gift. But honestly, they're all so important and they're all amazing things to have, honestly. Yeah. And that's why um, in the Corinthians version, he continues talking about the body of Christ, right? And he talks about the different body parts and basically, like, you know, if, if you don't have an arm and you're trying to operate without the arm, that's not good. But then he goes on to say, you know, there's like unseen body parts that are still operating in their giftings. And if they're not there, you will die. And right. so, like, we, we need every little part of it moving. Right. It would be unfortunate if we didn't have a liver. <laughs> Can't see it. Not necessarily glorified, but it is so important to life. Yeah. And so rather than trying to say, no, um, I don't want to see that liver. <laughs> uh, you know, we can't cut out parts of the body because we're, we don't want to see them operate or we're afraid of them operating or we're afraid of them abusing what they're doing. Uh, we just can't remove them because we need them as part of the body of Christ. But we can teach them how to do it. I mean, even for myself, um, like my, my daughter's learning piano, right? And the idea of her fingers moving in the way that they have to move in order to, to play piano doesn't come naturally to her. It's not like she sits down and is a Mozart. She's practicing and practicing until she's getting that muscle memory of learning where her fingers must go. Um, but, I mean, if she decided to play with her head, it definitely wouldn't work. Right. She, she, right. <laughs> she needs to figure it out and have to learn how to use her fingers in that manner. Mm-hmm. And that's the same as the gifts. Right. And there's seasons to it also. Um, It may look a little different. Same gifting, but look a little different, right? So, you know, for a while I was doing the concerts around at different churches, but right now my main musical ministry is focused on just being a part of the worship team here at Framework. Um, So, you know, different seasons, different times, different ways that gifting can be used. It's just kind of following the open doors that God gives. Encouragement is another thing that I believe God has kind of given me a gift for. Um, And I use it for different people or different situations. It's just kind of if God prompts, I just kind of shoot somebody a little text message or whatever just to kind of, you know, help them continue on their journey. So it, it just all depends on the season that you're in and the way God wants to use that gift. I imagine that at some point God will shift me into a new season of using my gift, you know, Maybe in addition to worship team, or it may look different. It, it's really God can do what He wants, and we just kind of follow along. Yeah, and that's why I really encourage people to get to know themselves. Um, oh, Victoria, Pastor Victoria, and I were working on a class just called Design, like learning how you were designed, and part of it's looking at Myers Briggs, which gives you kind of a, an idea of how your personality is made up. And, and honestly, I find that one can change depending on where you are in your life. Um, strength finders looks at like where where really are you in your strengths um, and try not to work out of your weaknesses work out of your strengths because that's how God already created you 
Um, even if you're looking at the Enneagram, I mean, I'm a nine, which um, if you're look like Enneagrams, you know most about me already. Um, but if you, you know, you can look at all those different things. And so, but then there's also a spiritual gift test you can take. I mean, just go to spiritualgifttest.com and you can choose a spiritual gift test. You can look at that APEST test that I was talking about before, just called APEST, A-P-E-S-T. And you can um, go find a free test to find out where your strengths are in that. It'll give you really your top two, potentially three, depending on where you're at. Um, most of them are free, strength finders you have to pay for, but you can kind of, you, you can really discover a lot about yourself in the middle of those tests to see where you are right now and where God's guiding you. But those are kind of like the equipment to learn about yourself and to learn what you have in the toolbox. I find that God gives us also passion to direct us. And that's where you're saying, I think you're right, you're, you're, Gifts can be used in multiple different areas, but it's the passion that God has given you to point it in a certain direction. Um, you mentioned, like, I have teaching as one of my gifts, and it's true. I'm a teacher evangelist. Um, and in my spiritual gift test, I would be under apostleship, leader, and um, administration, oddly enough, which I'm not sure about that last one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you took the test a little weird that day. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, in, in the middle of all that, I look at my passions, and my passions really are making disciples, reaching out to people and bringing in the lost, and also raising up leaders to go out and do it. And, and those are, that's where my passion really is. And so there's something called my passion profile. You can go and take a look at it and fill it out yourself too. And that, for me, that kind of guides where I feel the Lord leading me and my skill sets um, and that might change, you know, over the years uh, where your passion is and your passion lies does change as you get older and progress. Um, but it definitely gives you a target to go towards. Right. I feel like I should probably go start filling some of these <laughs> things out because, you know, I'm in that kind of season of in between. My kiddo just went off to college. I'm not really sure where I'm going from here. So, I mean, this is probably a pretty good time to start looking into some of that things, some of those things. I imagine, you know, I'm kind of in that period of God's trying to say, okay, rest for a little bit, which I'm horrible at, but <clears throat> I'm working on it. But yeah, I mean, I, I trust that God is moving me towards a new season in which, you know, he is going to use the gifts that I have in, in a different way, maybe. Yeah. And discovering those only helps you operate in how God's already created you. It doesn't change who you are because you're not trying to find something that you're going to be. You're discovering things about who you already are. And, um, like, some of them are fascinating. You can read, like, the Myers-Briggs will tell you, when you're mad, here's how it comes out. And, or, like, if you're, <laughs> and it's pretty funny. The Enneagram does the same thing. Like, if you're, if you're at a point where you're emotionally not stable, here is really how you might play yourself out. And when I read through the, some of that stuff, I go, Wow, binge eating is a sign of a nine that's not doing well. All right. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you can learn stuff about yourself too. And, and then that kind of protects uh, the weaknesses as well as the strengths, helps identify how you can operate in Christ. Right. And I think it's important to learn those things. I've, I've gone through periods of time where I've tried to learn a little bit about myself. I was telling you a little bit about this before we started, you know, and I found that I really had absolutely no idea who I was, you know? And I, I think that's why it's so important. I think God allows us to go through the seasons of saying, okay, you're trying to be this, 
but this is who you really are. You know, I mean, I told you, I went to see a, a therapist for a little while and, and she looked at me and she said, okay, there are two types of people. There's a thinker, there's a feeler. Where do you think you fall on this? And I was like, oh, for sure feeler. And she looked, she just looked at me like I'd lost my mind. Mm. <laughs> you know, she was like, there's no way you're a feeler. You're for sure a thinker. But it, in those moments, I thought, well, I mean, I have such strong feelings about things. But she was like, but do you ever just gut respond? And it was like, well, no, I think about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. But, you know, that's kind of the idea. Like, I didn't realize that I was, I didn't realize I was even doing it. It, it didn't click with me that that's, that was my personality. And now I've been able to kind of embrace that. Like, okay, I know going forward that I'm not going to make a decision, you know, without a lot of thought. So I give myself the time to make decisions with lots of thought. And I, I don't worry about it so much. So it, it really does help to learn who God's already created you to be because it makes things so much easier than if I'm thinking I'm a feeler and it just, it wasn't making sense. It wasn't making my life work. I think sometimes with therapists or counselors, you discover a lot about yourself because they're reflecting back what they're hearing. And that's, again, one of those self-discovery processes. Remember one guy told me, I'm an extreme optimist. And this was a time after my wife had just fallen into depression. And I was like, I didn't even notice it. She was like depressed in some cases, borderline suicidal for almost a year. And I had no idea. And he's like, well, it's because you look at the situations and you just don't acknowledge the bad things around you. You just make everything good in your brain. And he's like, that's not a good thing, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that could make things difficult. Yeah, some people need to come down from that and become a little more realistic in what's happening around them. And I've had to learn over the years that that's my natural tendency is to go, like, to take any situation and turn it good uh, but I have to remember, okay, I have to acknowledge the world around me as well, right? Right. Not everybody operates that same way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, there's learning curves. It helps us. Yeah. And it's, it's just so beneficial. And then once we have a better understanding of how we've been created, that's when we can really start to pour into other people because it gives us that ability. You know, you can almost take a step back and say, oh, okay. I just learned this, now let me share it with you because I'm seeing some of the same things in you that I was just going through. Yeah, exactly. And that's the key right there. Learning to grow with another person will help spiritual gifts move forward, but it also helps us grow too. When we teach others, we learn more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I don't know how many times I've had to, it's almost like I can hear myself saying it to you, <laughs> but it's also clicking in here, because I, as I'm saying it, I'm like, well, gosh, I better not be saying this if I don't believe it, you know? And so sometimes it's just reiterating, I'm just telling you what's going through my mind, and as I'm saying it, I'm realizing, you know, like if I'm telling you, well, don't give up, you know, God's got a plan, and he's going to make sure that you're okay, and, you know, at the end of the day, God knows what he's doing. And yeah. if I'm saying that to you, I'm also hearing it, and I'm hearing it in my own voice, which sometimes... It's weird. Sometimes that makes a difference. I know I've posted things on Facebook before. Like when I was younger, I posted a lot more on Facebook than I do now. Um, and I would write things like, you know, oh, God just brought me through this, this real storm. And, you know, he's so good. And I can't believe all the ways that he has helped me through this. And as I, you know, every day I go back and I look at my little memories on Facebook. And I'll read that. And it's almost an encouragement to myself. <laughs> 
you know, in kind of a weird way, I'm seeing my own words. It's like, I can't, well, I can't deny that I said that, you know, and sometimes it speaks into situations going on in my own life. It's really weird. I think it's cool how God operates that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need that for ourselves. We do. He always tells us to remember, right? Remember when I've done it for you before. Remember what I've done for you before. And that's part of what helps us when the next battle comes, because the next battle is for sure going to come. And we have to remember all the different times that God came through, or we won't stand up under it. Yeah. So that's actually what we're hearing, just an active conversation happening between us, because we're processing this as we're going. So that's we're right. learning with you. <laughs> we'll, we'll, li we'll listen back to this in five years, and it'll be amazing, the okay. things that it will help us through. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> or we'll look back and we'll be like, wow, how wise. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I feel like this is a good stopping point. I think so, too. All right. Well, we'll jump in again, uh, potentially with this topic or another one. Again, don't forget to send in some topics to Pastor Jason at Framework.Church. We'd love to hear about what you're thinking on some of these things as well. You can send emails there as well. If you disagree or agree, you can still send them in to me. I don't mind. Yeah, tell um, us about your giftings. What, what gifting do you have? How, how is a way that God has used it to further his kingdom? Yeah, or if there's any other tools you've discovered in order to find out some of those, we'd love to know more about them. Yes, I'm going to go take some tests. All right, sounds good. <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye.